I know I have a KiwiSaver, but I don't know whether it's a default fund, a conservative fund, or how can I get the best return on these? How much money will I actually need for retirement? Please don't start with, it depends. I want a figure that I can be aiming for. Kia ora koutou. I'm Michelle Acourt. Welcome back to Power Money Security, a podcast about women and finances brought to you by The Table, where Kiwi women talk money, sponsored by Mercer. Today, we're talking about all things KiwiSaver and why understanding your KiwiSaver account and what it can do for you is so important. We're also going to touch on the psychology behind money and why women in particular are so uncomfortable talking about it. Once again, we have some amazing amazing guests on board so we can court it all with women in the know. You know the saying that every dollar you spend is a vote for the kind of world you want to live in? Well, through this podcast, we want the women of Aotearoa to have some more votes so we can start building that world. The way we're doing that today is by looking at how many of those dollars and votes you will have when you retire. In our first episode, Finance 101, The Great Stock Take, we covered some of the basics, so you might want to go back and listen to that one if you haven't already, just to be sure you're covered. But now we're surging forward, looking to the future to look at why our KiwiSaver account is our saviour. Power Money Security is brought to you by The Table, where Kiwi women talk money, sponsored by Mercer. See seatatthetable.co.nz for more info and in-depth tools to educate and empower women to get ahead in financial matters. I keep seeing headlines about women retiring into poverty, which is something I find deeply troubling, especially at this point in my life. Knowing how hard women work, and I'm talking all the free emotional labour and child raising, as well as paid work, the idea of then retiring with little financial security, still worrying about how to pay the bills and keep food on the table, it's an image that I imagine is upsetting to all of us. The age you can start getting superannuation in Aotearoa is 65. Now, I'm not quite there yet, but I can nearly feel the tickle of retirement's breath on the back of my neck. It's so soothing. So this is something that's been on my mind more in recent years than when I was younger. There are so many tales out there that end badly for women when they reach retirement as it becomes an easy thing to shove under the rug and forget about. But today... We are going to hold hands and peel back the rug so we can take a look at what needs to be done. Retirement can feel like a confronting issue, especially if your day-to-day finances are already stressful. So think of this as a group therapy session to get all your fears out there, led by some amazing women who are going to scare away all the financial bogeymen for us. But first, let's get our KiwiSaver investment on track. Throughout this podcast, we're so lucky to be speaking with amazing women from all walks of life who have real-world experience and advice to impart. We're also very grateful to have our financial fairy godmother, Glennis Wilson, who is head of the financial advice team at Mercer. We're going to check in with her throughout. Glennis is passionate about educating women and helping women get financially sorted. And because of this, she also knows some of these depressing statistics rather well. Let's see what she has to say on the subject. When I was 21, I remember someone coming up to me in the staff room to talk about superannuation. And when you're that age and someone wants to talk to you about retirement and how you need to have a million dollars plus in your retirement fund, your eyes just glaze over, or mine did, 
A lot of my time is spent helping people when they suddenly find themselves in a situation they never thought to plan for, like changes to employment, divorce, loss of a loved one, or facing retirement with next to nothing. As well as Glenis, we have two other wahine toa today to help us better understand how to be ready for retirement and how to get your KiwiSaver account looking healthy. Tracy Cross is a financial services legal expert, an independent director, the chair of Women in Super and co-chair of the Financial Services Council's Diversity and Inclusion Initiative. Tracy believes it's essential that we make money and financial products understandable and relevant so more women know the value of making good financial decisions throughout their lives. And Philippa Newlove started her career in IT and then after having kids, she launched a 24-year career in financial services. She's also a member of Women in Super Management Committee and is passionate about improving retirement outcomes for women. So let's meet them both. Welcome. So you've heard where I'm at with all of this. So now that I've shared, tell me where you're at with planning for retirement. As well as hearing from women in the know, this will also be good practice for normalising women talking about finances. So two birds, one stone. What started you on your money journey, Tracy? When I was sort of growing up, we didn't talk about money. There was no sharing of experiences or wise words or setting up of good money habits. I don't know why that was, because my father was actually a bank manager, which looking back just seems crazy that we didn't. So I think that sort of drove me to really getting on with it, doing what I thought was right, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. And probably in the first instance, investing in myself, really looking to study and and I got a law degree. However, in hindsight, you know, hard work on its own is not a retirement plan. And (laughs) I didn't really focusing on ensuring that my money was working for me, you know, and investing. So I was sort of doing the hard yards thinking I was going to get there and all would be well. And it really hasn't turned out like that. (laughs) So I think the reality is that, you know, I sort of lost a lot of years of, you know, getting some good returns, having my money invested and really, you know, working for me. Now, KiwiSaver gave me another opportunity to sort of refresh my perspective on that and to invest. And I think that that's just really important that we really do need to appreciate the power of investment and and to be confident. And it's never too late, right? I mean, as much as we might wish that we'd started sooner, it's never too late. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. And so, Philippa, what about you? What's your relationship like with money? I just think if you had a spectrum from a saver to a spender, I'd be more up the uh, spending end of it. I quite like to splash out from time to time. And I did a spending diary a few years ago, and I was pretty shocked to see what I was spending on eating out wine and presents. (laughs) And I'd actually encourage people to do a spending diary. It it, it can be quite a wake-up call in terms of what's actually happening compared to what you think's happening. And I have a very hands-on approach to managing my money and I allocating money to bills, credit cards, savings every fortnight that my salary is paid. I reconcile my bank account down to the last cent. I've belonged to KiwiSaver since its inception But I can honestly say that I think for at least the first three years, I was in the wrong fund for my age and stage. And apart from that, I really haven't actively planned my retirement until very recently, which is an irony because I've been working in superannuation since 2008. I can say, however, categorically that my retirement outcome will be looking very different, as in much worse without KiwiSaver. Overall, apart from KiwiSaver, I've become very conscious of the cost in terms of lost investment earnings by deferring taking action 
I've been too passive and let things sit when it comes to my retirement. And your retirement sneaks up on you, I can tell you. (laughs) We're going big today. We're going to look at the future together. We're going to come to grips with the issues women can encounter and how understanding retirement and getting on top of money can be a key contributor to success. With help from our amazing guests, we'll break down retirement in two easy-to-understand terms. Our guests have an amazing amount of knowledge between them, but rather than giving financial advice, for example, dropping the name of a hot NFT, these are financial common-sense tips for women to use in their everyday lives. And I am not afraid to ask stupid questions on behalf of you. In fact, listen now as I ask Glennis a real doozy. Glennis... What is KiwiSaver? KiwiSaver is a long-term investment vehicle. If you're in KiwiSaver, you are an investor. And it's really important that all women have a KiwiSaver account. How you approach your KiwiSaver investment is very important because it can make a difference whether your money is working for or against you. You owe it to yourself to make sure that your KiwiSaver is working effectively so that you get the best possible returns. The biggest advantage of KiwiSaver, and it's an advantage that you don't get with many other investment vehicles, is that when you're employed, your employer contributes on top of your own contributions. They have to contribute at least 3% of your wages to your KiwiSaver, so potentially it doubles your contribution straight away. No other investment gives you that. And if you're self-employed, you can still get that money from the government if you make your own annual contribution and hit the minimum target. So the most important thing to know about KiwiSaver is to make sure that you're in the correct investment option for your age and stage of life. Some of the saddest conversations I have are with people approaching retirement and they've never paid attention to where their KiwiSaver was invested and they've missed out on a whole lot of potential returns and money because they've been in the wrong fund. Anything you'd like to add to that, Tracy and Philippa? The pay gender gap in New Zealand is an issue. I think it's currently sitting around 9%. And it certainly significantly affects KiwiSaver and a woman's retirement. Uh, KiwiSaver data recently released shows that the average balance of an account owned by a woman is 22% less than that of a man. And, and it's a worry. I mean, with lower lifetime earnings, it makes it harder for women to save for retirement. Um, so it is a, a significant issue. Um, research highlights that you know, women are collectively missing out on $750 million at retirement <gasps> due to low contributions to KiwiSaver. I mean, that is just crazy. Now, I know it's not easy to solve the gender pay gap issue, but we really need to you know, talk more and take action about it because women are at a disadvantage. And I think because of that disadvantage and the impact on KiwiSaver, we need to take steps to make sure that we are getting as much as we can into KiwiSaver as women uh, at home if we're taking time off to look after children. We've got to make sure that somehow our contributions are contributing to KiwiSaver so we can get you know, bang for our buck. We can pick up the, the government tax credit, which is basically free money. You know, We can't have that left on the table because we're already behind the eight ball with the gender pay gap. Has COVID made it worse, Tracy? Oh, look, at it, it has, Michelle. The impact of COVID has been significant for women. You know, women in part-time roles, more women losing their position more women having to stay home and and look after the children. Let's talk about the relationship between KiwiSaver and New Zealand Super. There might be people who think that um, because you've got one, you don't need to think about the other. Philippa, talk to me about the, the, the relationship between those two things. 
There's a fin ed centre in Massey University and they carry out a or, or publish some retirement expenditure guidelines um, each year and they consistently show that the average retired household continues to spend in excess of New Zealand superannuation you know which highlights the importance of preparing for retirement so they calculate what retirees currently spend to maintain either a no frills retirement or a choices lifestyle that includes some luxuries and they look at costs for one- and two-person households in both metropolitan centres and provincial areas. And only two-person provincial households living a no-frills lifestyle come close to being funded by New Zealand superannuation. And even those households still would require savings of $75,000. Yeah. So it's just, um, you know, proof that you just you can't plan your retirement around New Zealand super. Right, we've got to do it ourselves. Completely, completely. And, you know, on average, we're all living beyond, you know, well beyond retirement age, women more so than men. And um, these guidelines are telling us that New Zealand super is not going to provide a comfortable retirement, which is why other sources of income, including KiwiSaver, are so critical. So our KiwiSaver account is our friend, If we support it, then later on, it is going to support us. Let's check in to see if Glennis agrees. You should treat it like your life support. We talked last time about the importance of paying ourselves first. Paying yourself first means putting some money into KiwiSaver or your savings account before you put money anywhere else. Most people, and especially women will pay for the groceries, the kids' school supplies, everything and everything, and there's never any money left over. The savings and investment routines that you start early can make the biggest difference as to what level of financial freedom you enjoy for the rest of your life. What is compound interest and why is it important in this context, Philippa? Money makes money. I think a lot of us are already familiar with that concept. And the money that money makes, makes more money. That's that's the wonder of it. So in very simple terms, if you put aside things like tax and ongoing contributions, you know, if I invest $1,000 this year and earn a 5% return, my KiwiSaver balance at the end of the year is 1050 And next year when I earn a 3% return, I earn that not just on the dollar, dollars I invested initially, but on the $50 I earned last year as well. So it's a very powerful mechanism to build your wealth. Um, And it's another reason to get going as soon as you can, not defer it. And given women are more likely than men to have time out of the workforce, this compounding interest effect is really important because it means even if you're not contributing, your investment continues to grow. Right. So even if you take a break from work because you're, you know, creating new human beings, which I don't understand why we don't get paid a lot of money for doing that, but but your, your investment is earning interest and then you're earning interest on the investment plus the interest. Exactly that. I love it. Um, how sexy do you find compound interest, Tracy? Oh, extremely sexy, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I think, it, you know, look, it's, it's, it's working for us while we're not working. I mean, that's the beauty of it. It's like a snowball. It's actually causing our wealth to grow faster. Now, why wouldn't we want that? But we need to be aware of the benefits of compound interest. And as Philippa said, you know, start early with our investments, you know, teach our daughters um, because it is really, really important. Great. I want some. So where do I get this compound interest? Let's check in with our financial fairy godmother, Glennis. Albert Einstein called compound interest the eighth wonder of the world. 
Compound interest is when you earn interest on your interest as well as interest on your principal or your capital. Think of it as a snowball rolling along in the snow and getting bigger and bigger. That's your compound interest snowball. Interest is the return that you earn from the bank or from your KiwiSaver or investments. The most important thing to remember about compound interest is the earlier you start, the greater the returns for you. For example, if you're in your early 20s and your first job, starting early with a regular small amount will earn you significantly more than if you start much later in life with bigger contribution amounts. I know a woman in her 60s who'd been a cleaner all her life on a low wage, but she had been consistent and she'd made sure that she was in the right fund and steadily she made regular contributions from her 20s. Her employer also contributed. And at retirement, when I told her she had over 800000 in her KiwiSaver, she just didn't believe me. Wow. All is not lost if you're listening to this and you're late to the party. Just start today, and if you can afford it, contribute as much as you can. The best time to start your KiwiSaver is yesterday. And remember, and this is really important, Compound interest works on debt as well. That's how you get those spiralling amounts due on your credit card when you're simply paying the minimum and you're not paying off any of the principal. The debt just compounds away. So compound interest is very, very good when you save it and very, very bad when you have to pay it. So how do we get this compound interest to work in our favour in our KiwiSaver accounts? Do each of you have a takeaway for what we need to be doing to make our KiwiSaver work for us? Let's start with you, Philippa. I think its strength is that it's light touch, you know, and you don't need to be concerned. You don't need to be an experienced investor. It's designed for a person in the street. So your KiwiSaver provider takes care of, they take care of the administration, they take care of the tax, and as such, it's pretty hands-off. However, one thing you do need to do consciously is make, decisions about the fund that you should be in. So you need to form a view of how much up and down you can tolerate in your KiwiSaver because its value will move over time. And depending on your answer to that, you can choose a fund that that sits comfortably with you and is suited for your age and stage. So funds that move up and down a lot in value are likely to deliver you higher returns than funds that don't move up and down as much, but it's very much a personal decision in terms of what your comfort level is is around that and what your time horizon is. But there are good tools available to help you with that. It's not something you have to work out in a vacuum. And Tracy from Women in Super, what do you think? I am extremely supportive of KiwiSaver, but we do need to realise that, you know, it is gender bias on the basis that it's a work-based savings scheme. Um, You know, with not a woman working and many taking, you know, many years out of the workforce to look after children or older family members, having retirement savings tied to paid work does put women at a disadvantage. Um, So look, in this regard, while KiwiSaver is absolutely fabulous. It's been so successful, you know, over 2.5 million members now. It's been really good for New Zealand. We do need to get a gender lens over it. Let's check in with our expert, Glennis Wilson from Mercer. Check that you're in the most appropriate fund for your age, stage of life and risk profile. A lot of people were signed up automatically into a KiwiSaver fund, and when you join, if you don't make a choice about what fund to go into, you automatically get put into a reasonably low-risk fund, which isn't necessarily a good place to be, especially if you're young. 
If you know your fund and you haven't looked at it for some time, now's the time to review it. For example, if you're in your early 20s and you're not looking at accessing your KiwiSaver for a while, then perhaps a growth account is far better for you. This is a fund that's more likely to go up and down over time as the markets change, but it will show you better returns over a longer period of time. Or perhaps you're just about to buy your first home and you're wanting to use your KiwiSaver for your first home deposit. It might be best to change to a more conservative option. The best thing to do is talk to your KiwiSaver provider and their advice team and discuss where you're at and what your plans for the future are and then choose the most appropriate option for your age and stage of life. That makes so much sense. So just to recap the three key points. First of all, learn how to get personal with your KiwiSaver. Checking you're happy with your provider and there are comparison sites out there Make sure you make the highest contributions you can afford. Most providers even have a projection tool. And if you're not happy with your provider, it's easy to swap. Ensure that you can get your government contribution by paying the minimum of $1,042 each year. And ensure that you're in the most appropriate investment option for your age and stage of life. Thanks for that, Glennis. Before we started this podcast, Mercer did a load of research with their women customers to get a feel for what sorts of things they wanted to know. This was one of the most common questions when it came to KiwiSaver funds in retirement. How much money will I actually need for retirement? Please don't start with, it depends. I want a figure I can actually be aiming for. What do you think, Lennis? The answer to this question is different for everyone because it really does depend on so many things, including what sort of lifestyle you want to have in retirement. A good place to start is to work out a budget of what you think you might need in retirement to live on, take off your national superannuation entitlements, and using one of the various retirement planning tools, Mercer has a retirement planning tool, work out the lump sum that you will need. A financial advisor will also be able to help you with this. Thanks for that, Glennis. All right, I've got my head around compound interest and I'm definitely taking a close look at my KiwiSaver fund when I get home tonight. So I'm feeling pretty good about the future. There's one last thing I'd like to talk about today and you can lie down on the couch if you want for this discussion. The psychology behind money. In short, why are we such a bunch of weirdos when it comes to discussing something as everyday and mundane as money. Why can't we talk about something that makes many of us very anxious? Women are supposed to be the ones who are good at talking problems through. So why do we keep making this one subject taboo? You're right to say that money makes many of us anxious. Around 60% of women worry about money every day or rate their financial literacy as low. And 62% of women don't feel prepared for retirement. These numbers are high. But when given the chance, women are actually really good investors. They just need the right tools to get it right and feel confident. I think a lot of this anxiety stems from historically that men being the gatekeepers of all financial matters, we've been kept out of the conversations through decades of being told that we don't need to worry about it. But it's 2022 and times have changed and women should feel confident about taking control of their financial futures. It's about becoming financially confident. It's all about financial knowledge. So would I be right in saying this is a question of empowerment? I'm not talking about girl bossing or adding yet another thing to a women's list of societal expectations. I'm talking about the empowerment that comes through education when you're confident and in control of your future. 
Yes, exactly. We all work so hard for our dollars. It just makes sense that we should know what best to do with that money. Don't be afraid to ask questions. It's your money after all. Are there other things that pose a barrier to women taking control of their finances? Tracy from Women and Super, what do you think? I mean, there are so many barriers that face women um, in, in really sort of securing their own financial well-being. Um, you know, we've talked about the pay gender gap, you know, the impact of unpaid caregiving, you know, significant with 85% of women taking a break to, to raise children. Um, as you say, Michelle, you know, it is a job for goodness sake. It needs to be recognised as such. And I think the, the big thing for me is, is sort of picking up on Philippa's point too about the research that shows that, um, you know, women's financial confidence is significant significantly lower than that of men. And you know, FSC research talks about 60% of women rate their financial investing literacy low or limited versus 40% of men. And that's a real challenge. You know, it's a, the, the confidence is a, is a real deal breaker. However, you know, despite all of that, there is a good story there. We're either not aware of it or we're not accepting. And I wouldn't say that we're risk adverse, we are risk aware. So there's some great stories here that we really need to bring to the table and tap into. I, th I think the lack of confidence can be a more a perceived difference than an actual difference. And I think this is what we really need to pick up. And there's more and more discussions around the advantage of, of women in investing, um, their ability, their, you know, their trade less, they've got less ego on the line, they remain calm under pressure, all of these things. You know, we need to be confident as women in stepping into this space we can look after our financial well-being. I love that. And Philippa? Women have 14% less on average, you know, in, in their balances than men, you know, that they've been contributing less to their income, thinking less about how much money they need in retirement and less likely to have investments outside KiwiSaver. But they, they, they still are really effective money managers, you know, and often better at it than men. So there's some kind of blocker there when it comes to, you know, managing the day-to-day -day versus building your wealth in a nest egg over time. So we've looked at women in leadership, we've looked at the gender pay gap, and more recently we looked at how work was managed in families because this is another blocker, if you like. And we looked at 2,400 um, savers and their attitudes to pay versus unpaid work in households and found, surprise, surprise, that men do less of the unpaid childcare and domestic work at home. And so even where you've got couples working equal paid hours, men are estimating they do about 19 hours of unpaid work at home, while women are estimating they did 28. So off the back of these observations, you know, the report's saying, we need to, to improve gender balance. We need to normalise flexible work. We need to empower fathers more to take parental leave, make childcare more affordable, and challenge traditional norms around these unspoken social constructs that guide the way the load's currently shared because they're all blockers to women um, drawing equal with men. Last week, we talked about treating our financial health like we do our physical health. This also works when it comes to getting financially ready for the future. When we do that yoga class or take that calcium supplement or have that extra serve of kale, part of the reason we're doing it is so we can get to the finish line with our bodies fairly intact. The same goes for our finances. We'd all rather arrive in retirement with a bit of extra stretch in our accounts. So let's eat that financial 
environmental kale and keep working together on a secure and autonomous future for women. Ka kite. Power Money Security is brought to you by The Table, where Kiwi women talk money, sponsored by Mercer. If there was anything in this episode that you would like to know more about, see seatatthetable.co.nz for info and in-depth tools to motivate women to take control of their financial futures. Our next episode, we're upping the ante again and getting into one of the trickiest things of all, money and relationships. Even if you're in the most perfect relationship imaginable, chances are there are still things you could do to be sure your future is just as perfect. If we don't have some control over finances within a relationship, it can leave us vulnerable to a multitude of nasties. It's important stuff, so we hope your ears can join us. This podcast is sponsored by Mercer New Zealand Limited, Mercer. The podcast is a general information service and does not take account of the investment objectives, financial situation and or particular needs of any person. Before making any investment decision, you should take financial advice as to whether your intended action is appropriate in light of your particular investment needs, objectives and financial circumstances and consider the product disclosure statement for any product you're considering. Neither Mercer nor any related parties accepts any responsibility for any inaccuracy. Past performance is no guarantee or indicator of future performance.